Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 62 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Eric Davis. Hello. And I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about how much do you give away for free? And all of it. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Who needs money? Money is evil, the root of all evil. Right? Right. So it's an interesting thing to talk about, and I've I've kind of been thinking about it lately. Like, how much do you really give away for free? Because when you're giving stuff away, a lot of times it really does have value. In fact, most of the time it has value. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let's talk about consulting first. You know, how much of that do you give away for free? How much of your time do you give away when you're trying to land a, a client or even, you know, just get people's attention? Um, I think it depends a lot. Like, for me, it kind of goes back to what I was talking a while back about the processes I use. Like, I'll try to feel out, like, if the client's actually serious or not. Cause you get some people that just want to keep asking questions, keep asking questions, and they're never, ever going to hire you. And you can kind of feel that pretty quickly. But if it's like a serious client, I'll have, I have my new client consultation I'll do with them, which can be half hour and an hour and maybe about a half hour, an hour just here and there of like talking with them or emails or, you know, this chit and chat stuff. But I don't actually give away any of my work for free. Like I won't, you know, look at their code or I won't do a code review or, you know, look into an idea that they have and like suggest feature implementation or stuff like that. And the reason was, is I guess a couple of years ago, I used to do that. I used to kind of go through the code, figure out how to design it, estimate it all out. And then I'd pitch them with, here's how I would do it and give them a dollar figure and all that stuff for it. And I found I was spending four or five, six hours at a time putting a proposal together, you know, very detailed. And I was only landing like a third of those. And I basically realized that no matter what, I'm always going to land a third of them. I don't need to be putting all of this time into each one. I can, you know, put some time into the relationship aspect and then try to pitch the proposal at that point. So I don't, I try to give away a little bit of time, mostly just to kind of get to know someone, but I don't give away any like actual code or like, you know, doing something specific for their project until it's under contract. Yeah. The actual writing code. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not so much about, I have a hard time sometimes figuring out where the line is though, with actually giving them knowledge or time, like you're talking about, you know, where you actually sit down and kind of break down their project into bite-sized pieces or uh, give them estimates or things like that. It, it, it's hard for me to know where, you know, where I should start saying, hey, you got to pay for my time. You got to pay for this. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to say. I mean, because, you know, you don't want them to make a decision without having as much information as they can. Like, you don't want to just give them a number and say, this is what it is. But at the same time is you're doing a lot of valuable work, researching their code, looking at like, you know, your previous experience or previous projects, how that was implemented, how it worked. That's all valuable and giving them that information. I mean, if, if you basically come to them and say, look, this way you're designing this product isn't going to work, do it this way. There's a potential that could save them months or even years of effort just from you having the experience already. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of get into that mode, but I got into it. Well, just. You know, I, if they really want to like talk about something and kind of get the first, the first ideas of how it's going to be done, that's where, what did Ash call it? Like her discovery process or something. I'll mm -hmm. pitch something like that and have a, a short contract where we'll sit down and spec something out, figure out how it can work, 
go back and forth on the design and that's an actual billable project. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I think I'm leaning more and more that way. I, I was a little less willing to do that back when I was new and was worried that people wouldn't hire me, but it's really not as much of a concern these days. So, you know, if they, if they're serious about needing the help and serious about wanting the work done. And the thing is, is yeah, you just explain to them that, uh, and I think Ash pointed this out too, that it is a product in and of itself that they get kind of a design documentation and things like that. So, you know, you, you're providing them things that can actually pay off for them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actual deliverables. It might not be like the end deliverables, like, you know, a functional working software product, but it's an intermediate one that they can use to get to their end deliverable better. Yeah. So in actually finding clients, you know, finding leads, I guess, there are a lot of things that people give away as far as content and things like that. So, for example, blog posts and free videos and things like that. Do, do you do much of that? So recently, I guess the past maybe years, so I haven't done as heavily of marketing as I've done in the past, um, mostly just because I've had enough leads coming in, the projects I've been getting, the clients I've been getting, they've been really solid, really good clients that have been with me for a long term. But a couple of years back, I was heavily doing that. I think I got it up to where I was doing about a blog post a day. Um, I would do a couple screencasts a month, um, had some kind of recorded presentations like you know short like 10 minute presentations i'd be doing every month too and i was actually giving away quite a bit of information for free um and that just as a pure marketing channel like that worked like gold for me and i think that's why i don't have to do as much marketing now is because i put all that stuff out there yeah it's kind of evergreen content where people are going to find it anyway and you you already get traffic for it people have linked it it shows up in google all of that stuff um, I've heard a lot of people talk about things like that where, you know, through their blog, they get work and, and things like that. And it's really interesting to me that just going through the the effort of putting that kind of information out there for people really pays off. Uh, another one that uh, is pretty obvious to you and to me are, is the podcast. Um, and that's a media, a medium that I really enjoy putting out there. And it, it has also paid off in a lot of ways. And, and mainly the two things that have, that it's done, and this is similar to blog posts, is that I have people ask about my competency and I can point them to the podcast or I can point them to a video that I did and, uh, say, Hey, you know, just go watch this video and you can see that I'm capable of doing whatever it is that you want done. And, uh, that, that's really worked out. The other thing that's really worked out for me too is that in a couple of the podcasts just a few weeks ago, I mentioned that I was looking for new contracts and uh, that paid off as well. So, uh, you know, I had people come to me, several people come to me and say, Hey, I know somebody who needs work or they've come to me and said, um, we really need help of your type. And that has worked out as well. So it's, it's really interesting how that has paid off as far as just giving content away. And, you know, I'm involved in organizing several podcasts that give a ton of content away. And so uh, it pays off not only in goodwill that I get, but also pays off in showing people that I'm involved in conversations that are important to what they're doing. Yeah. And I mean, I know last year, basically I was doing screencasts, like I said, and one screencast in particular, like I did a screencast, also wrote a blog post about it. And, you know, it wasn't just like a short video, but it was quite, quite in depth. And 
I know directly from that, that helped sway one of my most recent clients. Like they were on the fence about hire me who they didn't really know or hire someone else. And because they saw I did that screencast and actually that was on a technology that they were using heavily, they're like, oh, Eric knows this stuff. So we're actually going to hire him. And I've had that happen in the Redmine community a lot just because of all of the work I did back there in the past. I mean, I still have people coming to me wanting to hire me for that just because of a blog post I wrote like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge payoff for that. And, you know, you have the videos and, and I've had the people find me on YouTube because of videos that I did for teachmetocode.com. Um, I've actually had people find my, uh, sales pitch videos for some of my products online and then contact me about it. And, uh, finally, I've also had people, um, find my podcasts and my, you know, my blog posts and comment on them or email me or call me and, and have that all work out. And, and I can't tell you how much work I've, I've derived from the podcast. I mean, it's, it's been quite a bit. Probably most of my work has come out of either the screencasts or podcasts. So there's one, one thing I like to think about, cause I've, I've heard that people ask, like, you know, how much do you give away? Like, you know, at what point do you make this a blog post or what do you make, when do you make this like a paid ebook or whatever? Kind of what I've, I've heard it. It's not my own thought, but I've, I've heard and what I've used is if it's something that's, uh, like if it's something that takes your time, like you have to do it or it's custom for someone, I, that should be something that they pay for, you know? So classic example, if you want custom software development, that's completely custom for you. I have to sit down and give you my time to, for you to get that. But if it's something that you can make and, you know, give away to one person and give the exact same thing away to someone else and a third person, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Those are good, good things to make free because you put the effort in and then everyone can benefit from it. Um, and then it's just a matter of, you know, you could make it free or you can make it like a, a small product. And for that side, um, basically what I found is if you actually try to make like a, a little funnel of like, you know, here's your top tier service. Like in my case, it's my consulting services. And here's the, the free stuff I already have, like my blogs and videos and screencasts. I try to figure out like, you know, what two or three things can go in between that for like, you know, kind of an intermediate priced thing. We talked about a couple of podcasts ago about, you know, you kind of step someone's commitment level up. And I found that works really good to figure out if you should give something away for free or not. So like, for instance, Chuck, you have the podcast and you have your consulting stuff. And so you kind of have the the free and you have the high end and you've been working on a lot of kind of the middle tier, not as expensive as consulting, but not free stuff. And so you're kind of filling that middle level. But if someone doesn't have a blog or they don't have a podcast or anything like that, I think they should actually work on getting that free stuff out there, like, you know, start writing or, you know, maybe give a, a presentation at a conference and kind of put that video out there so they can kind of fill that, uh, fill that funnel up. So there's different, uh, different products or different pieces of content for every person that's going to come to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One other, th one other place that you can give stuff away. And this is something that I've, um, been talking to a few people about is it's the newsletters is another place to yep. give stuff away. And it's, it's also a good place where, you know, people can, you get in front of their face, they read your email. And then, you know, if you put links into it to your products, then that, that can pay off as well. Or, or you can engage with people in certain ways and, and make it work. Um, and, and that's, that's really interesting to me as well is just, you know, again, it, it's kind of like a blog post, except it's more exclusive because people have to 
um, make the commitment. They have to give you something. They have to give you your e- their email address, you know, and like you're saying, then you work your way up from there. So it's here's here's a lower end thing that may get you going, or you know, here's a medium tier thing that now that you've committed and you know bought into some of the lower tier stuff, you can you know move up. Yeah, and it's also. The nice thing is, like I found, is once you kind of get a couple free things out there, they play off each other very well. So, you know, like you said, if you have a newsletter, you're giving out content uh, every week, every other week, maybe every month or whatever. You got that out there, but you can now write like a short ebook or something and either give it away to your newsletter as like, hey, sign up for the newsletter and get this bonus, or you can make it a small paid product and then email the newsletter saying, you know, hey, I have this book available for sale, and so. The, and, you know, the more different free things and the more products you kind of get, the better they kind of work together. And you can kind of cross promote, but not actually just in the selling aspect, but just cross promote. And, hey, you're on my newsletter. You know, you like what I'm writing. Did you actually know that I have a blog that I write to that doesn't put all the posts onto the newsletter? Mm-hmm. That sort of idea. Or, you know, in your case, Chuck, like, you know, we have this podcast. Hey, I'm starting this new iOS podcast. You know, listen to it. Here's the URL. Yeah, that that definitely pays off as well. And I've, I've seen that where uh, I've actually talked about things. Oh, I have four podcasts. And um, like the other day, somebody tweeted and was like, well, what's the fourth one? And, you know, my VA immediately replied and said, you're probably thinking of iFreaks, which is the iOS podcast. And, and you know, so, uh, you know, kind of the cross promotion pays off that way, too. But, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, it, it works out. And I'm really good, I think, at giving away free stuff. And and so my my issue is going the other way and and finding the paid stuff that people will pay for. Yeah, and and that that's hard because you know you have to start selling and uh, like I've said is it it's there's a massive amount of difference between going from free to a one dollar product versus going from like a ten dollar to an eleven dollar product. Like it's they're mm-hmm. completely separate territories, and so jumping especially if you've done a lot of free because I, I started doing a lot of open source stuff and jumping into paid stuff was really difficult. It's still difficult. And so that's, you can get hung up on it quite easily. And so, you know, you'll end up where a lot of people will, they'll make something and see that it has immense amount of value, but because they don't know how to sell it, they just give it away for free. And that's happened with a lot of services I've used and they they gave it away. Everyone loved it. Everyone loved it so much. The servers crashed. The person couldn't have the time to maintain it and the service gets shut down. Yeah. So that's an example of, of what you don't want to give away for free. How, how do you gauge how much value is there or whether or not people are willing to pay? Um, I got this tactic from Amy Hoy. Uh, basically, if you're making something and it's like you think you're going to be able to sell it, you have to make sure that you know who the audience is, who's actually going to be buying it and not actually make it up or just guess in your head like, oh, like single moms are going to buy this. Like You need to actually kind of know it. You know, talk to single moms, find out. But once you know your audience and know like what they're kind of like what they value, you can kind of figure out like, okay, how much value is this going to deliver to them? You know, if it's something that saves someone an hour every day, well, how much do they get paid on their job per hour? And that kind of gives you a baseline of what they're going to value it as. And typically that's going to be a pretty significant amount, especially if you're talking like software stuff or information, um, especially information that's going to like really help their career or something. Once you figure out like what the value is, then you can easily charge a small percentage of that and that can be your price. Mm-hmm. So if 
we'll say like, you know, say one of your podcasts has a value of a hundred dollars just because it helps save someone time, you know, learning something about iOS or whatever. If you say, okay, well, they're going to get a hundred dollars of value from each podcast. I can charge $10. And so basically they pay me $10 and they get a hundred dollars of value. And that's basically like the value equation. And that's how, that's how pricing should be done. It shouldn't be just pulling it out of your hat. Like, uh, 99 cents sounds good or $65 sounds good. You know, kind of going at what the person's going to pay for. Yeah, that's, that's true. So the other, the other thing that I've, I've been thinking about is just, so for example, I have the Rails ramp up course and it costs $1,500. And, uh, well, I have an early bird. And so I'm kind of giving, uh, some value away, I guess, or some price away, but it's, it's not free. I'm not giving it away for free, but if you get on, if you sign up for the course or if you get on the um, waiting list, then I am giving a video away and uh, it's probably a product that I could sell for a certain amount. And so I'm, I'm kind of trading the value that I could get back from people for goodwill, I guess. I, I don't know exactly how to describe, you know, but basically, you know, it gets them interested. They they get something that they can see what the course is like um, and stuff like that. And so I'm giving that away as kind of a strategic thing to get people to sign up for the mailing list and to sign up for the course. Well, I wouldn't say that you having an early bird discount is yeah, I don't, changing I don't... the value. I mean, that's that's a tactic. The value, the value of the course is going to be whatever X amount, no matter what someone pays for it, the value is different from the price. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you charge me $10 and it's worth a thousand dollars, like the thousand dollars is the value. If you charge me $900, the thousand dollars is still the value. I just paid 900 to get that right discounts and stuff like that. Those are just marketing tactics. And those are just ways to kind of adjust the price so that someone, because basically everyone has this perception of like, you know, I'll pay something if it gives me a 10x return. I mean, it's not as hard fast or something, but, you know, or if it's something having to do with like health or my family, I'll pay something and I'll only want like a one, one and a half return because that stuff's important to me. So you having a discount or an early bird or that sort of thing, that's, you're adjusting the price to try to get it in that, you know, the ROI ratios or whatever for people. Giving away that video though, that is something different. That's, you know, you have, Let's say the video is worth two hundred dollars in value. You know, you're giving away this extra value on top of the course, so that basically makes the course more valuable. And so, in theory, more people would be willing to pay either more, or you'd have more people who are willing to buy it at the current price by doing that sort of thing. And just the fact that you know you're getting the video for free—that's kind of triggers some kind of psychological thing where people want to get it because it's free even though they actually have to pay for the other thing in order to get that free thing. It's just, it's a weird thing, but that's marketing. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you ever find that things that you want people to pay for eventually you do wind up giving away for free? Yeah. And most, I'm going to say most, some, a lot of things can do that, uh, especially with information, especially tech information, because over time, the value of specific tech information is going to degrade. It's going to be worth less. You know, learning Ruby, what, 10 years ago would, given what you know now, learning Ruby 10 years ago was more valuable than learning Ruby now just because you had this, you're, there's more opportunity 10 years ago to get in, learn the stuff at the beginning and be an expert at this time. So tech information, yeah, it, it's going to get, there's going to be less value there. Some things like, 
you know, actually like land or property, that's going to have more value over time, you know, certain things like that. And that's just, that's based on what the actual asset is. And in the case of information, the asset is the information and what you can do with the information. So, you know, if I, if I sold you an ebook on COBOL, like it's not going to have a lot of value at this time. And 50 years from now, it's probably not going to have much value either. Well, 9,000 years from now, it probably will because we'll have, what is it, Y10K or whatever coming out and we'll have to rewrite all that code that still is in production. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there any other examples you can think of of giving stuff away for free? Oh, yeah. I mean, so we talked about giving away consulting services for away and that's, you got to be very careful with that. We talked about like writing content, screencast, video. Another thing I've seen work really well, especially outside of the technical industry, is giving away like seminars or demos. So, you know, maybe, um, I mean, it, it works for tech too, but maybe you have like a, a presentation, you, it's free at the local chamber of commerce, and you're going to talk about how to, you know, how to use Ruby on Rails to build something, or you're going to talk about how to set up a, a blog using WordPress. And you give that information away for free, and it's effective for you because instead of it being like a one-on-one, it's like a one-on-thirty, one-on-fifty, maybe one-on-a-hundred people. And so the cost to you per, per person is a lot lower than it would be. You're still gonna, it's still gonna cost a lot more than just writing a blog post about it, but you're gonna reach a lot of different people. So I know, I know a lot of people like events for that reason. And I mean, you could even do that with like user groups or meetups or, you know, a lot, a lot lower key events, but, uh, especially if you have like, if you're targeting business people, seminars and, kind of the old school like meet and greet stuff works really well from what I hear. Yeah. Or, or conference talks. A lot of those are, you know, you, you still pay your pay away, show up, give your talk, do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely an interesting place. The Another one is kind of mentorship. If you take somebody on and help them learn, which is kind of along in the same vein of what you were talking about. Yeah. I'm trying to think how that would work. I mean, I couldn't see that as like a marketing tactic because that's more, that's more like a, a charity giving back, yeah. educating tactic. I mean, un- unless you're like, you know, I guess unless you're mentoring them and, you know, recording it or taking notes so that you can like write up what you taught them or, you know, the whole like they have a beginner's mind and you're never going to remember how it felt type thing. I mean, if you did a mentorship thing where you're like teaching like a class of 10 people or so, okay, that, that might be a bit better a better example than a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. What about giving stuff away like stickers or t-shirts or USB drives or any of that? Meh. I mean, it's, it could work. I mean, the only times I see that really effective is at a conference and it's typically t-shirts or, you know, a really good like USB stick, something that actually has value. The, the problem is a lot of that stuff doesn't have value. And so, you know, you're giving it to someone and they're like, oh, this is cool. I like this. And then it gets thrown away or left, left around. And so it doesn't actually serve much of a purpose. T-shirts are kind of the anti-example just because most tech people I know end up wearing tech t-shirts just all the time. And so it's like basically free advertising. Yeah, I wear tech t-shirts all the time. I'm one of those people. But it's interesting. I, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for freelancers, but for companies that are really trying to drive a brand home, I think it makes sense. Yeah, if it's if it's a company that's targeting developers or targeting people that are going to be around developers that are going to see them wearing the shirt, then it makes sense. But for freelancers, it's not really... No, nah, it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah. But I have seen freelancers give away like some kind of knickknack or something. 
Yeah, and I've done that in the past too. And I just I had I had like almost zero results about it. It was a bit of a headache to do all the giving it away through the sponsor and all that stuff. And it just there was nothing that came from it. Yeah. Anything else that people give away for free? It's kind of a marketing or just other strategic thing. Open source software, I guess, is another example that we've mentioned. Yeah, we've mentioned. I mean, that's that's a good one because it's like what I said, where you know you put in the time once to make the software, and then multiple people can benefit from it. Um, so it's assuming you're doing something good and it's valuable, like it has a lot of intrinsic value in it. The problem that I found with open source software is that it's not to put the time in now and forget about it. It's put the time in now, and then you got this little drip amount of time you got to put in for the next few years. And the problem I ran into is I made so much open source software that all those drips turned into buckets of time that I had to put into it, and it just completely overwhelmed me being one person. Mm-hmm. So it it can work, and you know if you can stay really focused and you know do a couple of them or you know, maybe one really good one, like, you know, a framework or a really good gym that's used by a lot of people, like it could work really good for a marketing tactic, but you have to be very careful and see, you know, make sure that aligns with your goals and stuff like that too. Yeah. I mean, a big thing you have to think about a lot of, a lot of these things don't take a lot of time to put together or they shouldn't. So you can try almost every idea we've talked about. And even there's going to be ones that we're just not thinking of and, you can try them all and see, one, does it work for your business? Two, does it work for you? Like, is that something you enjoy doing? And then three, like, does it actually work in the market that you're targeting? You know, we're not all targeting the same people. So it's, you know, what work, what might work in like the WordPress market won't work for the B2B, you know, SaaS consultants. So that's what I found. Like, you know, for me, my writing and open source software and my newsletter works really good in my market, but you know, giving stuff away and conferences really didn't work that good. Yeah, that's good to know too. And and I, I kind of want to talk a, a little bit about uh, when to decide what to give away. And and this is something we, we talked a little bit ago about goals, and this is something that I've been doing just today and, and last night, is I wrote a whole bunch of things up on my whiteboard of things that, that I want to do and, and that I want to, you know, work on and and specifically things that I want to accomplish and then kind of working backward from there and trying to figure out okay well how do I afford this and how do I do this and how do I make this work and so a lot of that has really informed what I've decided to give away what I've decided to to put together for people and so just as an example um, one of the things that I'm really focused on right now is this rails ramp up course and uh, you know I've talked about giving away the the video for free and you know after I do the webinar because right now when you sign up you get uh, a link to where you can sign up to attend the webinar live and then after you attend the webinar you'll get a, another link where you can download it but besides that you know just figuring out okay well I have these cheat sheets that I've put together for Rails Ramp Up that I want to give away and and things like that to keep people engaged uh, until, you know, it's it's time for them to sign up, you know, for this upcoming course in August or the next course that I do whenever that happens. And so those kinds of things being strategic and knowing this is going to work to help me accomplish these goals has, has really been nice in, okay, this is this is my strategy in giving stuff away. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of what I did too, is I figured out 
what my business, what I wanted my business to be, what I wanted to do. And that's where I was talking about earlier, like that funnel. Like I drew, I actually drew on a piece of paper, a little funnel and put sticky notes of the different things I was giving away in relation to the funnel of, you know, is it a low cost thing? Is it a free thing? Is it a, a high end product? And I actually did that and was able to visually see gaps. And so that's, that did influence a lot of the free stuff I was doing, not the free stuff, a lot of the product development, a lot of the marketing material I was creating about a year, year and a half ago. Huh. That's really interesting. Filling those gaps is another thing that I really need to look at. But, uh, you know, it doesn't specifically apply to giving stuff away free, except that sometimes the stuff you give away for free does reference the stuff that people have to pay for. And so it's kind of a, here's a, you know, $10 or $20 worth of free content related to what my product's about. And then if you want more, then go get the product. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about it. It's actually not very complex, or at least how I'm doing it, if you want. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear it. So, I mean, basically, in free, I have different levels of free, I guess. And it's it's all basically along the idea of getting more commitment from someone. In order to get more commitment from someone, they have to trust me and know me a little bit better. And so the whole point is each time you move deeper in the funnel or, you know, whatever, they get something of more value, but they also get it because they're trusting me more, they're learning more about me. And so, you know, the basic example of the very, very basic stuff is, you know, a blog post where you can read it anonymously, you get some value, it may or may not be useful to you or not. But from there, I try to, in this case, I was trying to get people to sign up for my newsletter. You know, they'll, all, all they're committing at that point is just an email address. And because I use a system where there's, you know, no spam, you can opt out, all that stuff. It's very, very low risk for them. But most people aren't going to go that extra commitment until they learn more about me. So the whole point of the blog and the blog post was to get people to learn and trust me and then sign up for the newsletter. And then in the newsletter, I'm still, I'm changing around. So that's why it's a little vague, but I, I would have more value. Like I would either give it content that I don't give out on the blog in the newsletter, or I would add content to something like today. I actually wrote a post, um, about a topic. And then in the newsletter where I'm referencing that post, I actually kind of gave a bit more like in-depth view on my business about the topic. Mm-hmm. So. You know, by them trusting me a little bit more, they got to see more about me and more what I did. And the intention is over time, you know, between all the free stuff I have out there, like my blog, and then kind of the semi-free stuff like my newsletter, they're going to be like, wow, I I actually like this, Eric. I want to, you know, see if if he has anything where it's inexpensive I can buy from him and kind of learn a bit more. And so that's kind of where my eBooks, you know, the lower price products would come in and then from there, you know, it steps its way up rather dramatically because I haven't filled that gap, but it steps up to the custom consulting services. If, you know, all the free stuff and then all the inexpensive products didn't work, that's where the consulting things kind of step in. Yeah, I like that. So what what kind of uh, tiers or price levels are, are you looking at? Because you talked about like the, the kind of the, um, the $20 level or whatever, and then it jumps up. But, you know, if you were going to make some intermediary products what price ranges would you be looking at and what types of products do you think fit well there well it's going to depend on the business and industry you're targeting um and like i said is i've i've screwed a lot of things up in my marketing in the past and i'm slowly like fixing those scripts but if i kind of was able to start over and had you know infinite amount of time and resources 
what I would do is I would have the free stuff like on a blog, maybe a podcast or whatever, where it's very low friction, you know, completely anonymous. Then I'd have a newsletter where kind of the, the thing that you're giving is your email address and maybe your name. I think maybe a level above that, I'd have some kind of like free webinar or free kind of like live event where you could sit and talk with me or I'd give a presentation and at the end it'd be like questions and stuff. And for that, it'd be like, you know, your name and email again, but it would also, you know, maybe I get to talk to you, learn a little bit about you. So the customer would be giving me more kind of not private information. Um, what's the word? Personal information about themselves. So I could use that kind of demographically to see like, Oh, look, all my clients are CTOs. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Then, and this is a level I don't have is I'd probably have a kind of a really expensive or really, really inexpensive impulse buy product of like, you know, $10, maybe under $20 or something. So the best example would be like an Amazon Kindle book or something. After that, I'd have, you know, probably a higher end kind of, um, ebook, maybe video series, something like that, where it's gets into more depth. And then there should be kind of a, a couple hundred or maybe several hundred, depending on your product or like not your product, your industry of like, Eric's going to sit down and do like a group t- training with people. You know, the content's already made, but you can do kind of live question and answer and it's going to be a ton of value. It's basically all of the expertise, but it's not completely customized. And so in the, in my case, I'd say that'd be, you know, a couple hundred to several hundred, probably under a thousand dollars. And then above that would be consulting services where it's complete one on one. You know, Eric would help me solve the exact problem I have and would sit down with me and do all that stuff. And that would be, you know, a couple to several thousand dollars, depending on how big it is. Yeah. You're not the first person to talk through that, uh, with me, but it's, it's always interesting to hear, you know, how, how people break that down and, yeah, so free is kind of the first level on that scale. Yeah, and it almost always has to be. I mean, I think there's a few cases where I've seen some industries work with a limited free where it's like the first interaction is opt-in for a newsletter. But I don't think those would work for the market I'm in, and they're very hard to do. You have to you have to put a lot of people to that landing page to get enough people to actually make that business work. Like, you know, it's, it's a numbers game because there's going to be, you know, 40, 50, 90% of people aren't going to want to give you their email address without knowing who you are, without trusting you. But if you, you know, if you had a blog around it that was completely free, you know, that, that number gets a lot better just because people are going to know you and trust you. And it's not going to be like, who, who is this bozo asking for my email? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, there's definitely a lot there. And, and I'm really curious to see what people wind up doing. So if you wind up creating a product or creating something that you put out for free, um, let us know. Let us know what you're putting out, what's, you know, what people have to do to get it for free and kind of what the end game is with it. And you can go ahead and do that either in the comments on the show notes or, you know, just shoot us an email and let us know. Um, I'm, I'm particularly interested in this. Um, my email is chuck at devchat.tv. And yeah. Yeah. And I was actually going to say, um, if you're a freelancer or a consultant, you know, however long you've been doing it. And if you don't, if you have a blog, that's fine. But if you don't have like a mailing list or uh, like an ebook or something that you can give away, like some kind of tangible, well, not tangible, some, some kind of thing that people can grab and say like, this is, this is what Bob made. I would make that like your top priority, you know, because that's, that's what worked really good. That basically got my business off the ground was doing a lot of that with some open source software. And I, I think that's pretty much why I'm still here today is because I did that early enough. I got the clients that 
one of the exact same thing that I was giving away for free, but with, you know, their custom editions, that kind of leveraged me into, oh, Eric's an expert at this topic. And, you know, if you don't have that, it's, it's really hard to make yourself different and make yourself stand out from a lot of the other people who are doing similar things. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get to the picks? Sure. All right. What are your picks? Okay, so my pick today, I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. It's uh, Christoph. He wrote, basically, he was at MicroConf 2013 and not live blogged it, but basically, while people were presenting, he was taking notes and getting them on his site like that same day. And because of that, and because he's also tweeted out and getting a lot of people to be involved, um, he's kind of got the authoritative resource if you want to know what happened at microconf 2013 i mean it's speaker notes from every speaker uh if they have actually slides the slides from all the talks blog posts people did about it blog posts by the speakers photos podcasts you know it the whole nine yards so i'm going to put a link to that if you didn't get to go to microconf this is this is like a small sliver of what actually went on and what was like what the topics were and from what i understand like everyone who didn't go is like kicking themselves for not going so i'm gonna all the link to that in the show notes if you weren't there you might not have uh, met him and actually saw his blog and noticed that his notes are online so this would be a good resource it sounded like a really really awesome conference and i'm kind of sad that i didn't know about it or take it seriously until um after it was already uh over yeah like i heard about the first one and then this this was like i guess the third one I heard about the first one and the second one, and I just couldn't make them work due to scheduling reasons. But this time, like, I actually forced it to work, even though it was kind of, kind of hard with the baby in the house. And, uh, it was so good that by sat, like, it was a two day conference. So by, by the end of the first day and before the second day, I was willing to just walk up to the, to, to Rob or Mike, the people running it and basically give them my credit card to prepay for next year. Like, that's how good it was to me. Oh, wow. And, and they do it just once a year, right? Yeah, it's once a year, but they actually, this year, they're doing one in Europe. So it's technically will be two this year, um, but they are different conferences, I guess. Yeah, well, Europe is a little bit more expensive to go to. So yeah, this one was in Las Vegas, which is pretty close. So anyway, awesome. My picks, uh, first off, I'm going to pick a book. It's called The Fred Factor, and I've been doing a very terrible job explaining what it is. But basically, The Fred Factor is a book... Um, written by Mark Sanborn, and he was inspired by this uh, postman who delivered the mail in his neighborhood. And he just went above and beyond what your mail carrier typically would have to do. I mean, he'd go out of his way to make sure that instead of stuffing your mailbox full and then making it look like you're out of town when you're out of town, he'd go out, go to the trouble of like putting it between your screen door and your your door and putting the mail in other places so that it wasn't as obvious. He you know, when Mark moved into the neighborhood, he came and introduced himself and just totally went out of his way to uh, be the best mail carrier possible. And that's kind of what this book is about, is about being that kind of person, being the best you you can be, and really looking for opportunities to serve and to grow and to help other people. And I really feel like if if more people were doing this kind of thing, that uh, our communities and, uh, you know, both coding communities and local communities would be a whole lot better. Anyway, it inspired me. I'm hoping that I can inspire a few people to go read the book and then to do what this guy did, because I'm, I'm just very, very 
impressed and very, I keep saying the word inspired, but that's really where I'm at with this. So anyway, um, that's, that's my pick. I thought you were going to say you're, you're so inspired. You're going to go work for the United States postal office, but (laughs) no. (laughs) Yep. Nah, I'm not going to do that anyway. So, uh, that's my pick this week and, uh, we'll wrap this up and we'll catch y'all next week. Take care.